from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's Wednesday. We're going to talk to Wes Durham here in a little bit. Get his thoughts on the upcoming ACC championship game between Clemson and North Carolina. Also the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which hasn't been all disaster for the ACC right now. You got your standard bearers of terrible. Hey, five and three right now. We're not Sy- going to talk about tonight. Syracuse is awful. <laughs> Louisville is awful. They did exactly that. But look, Wake Forest with a nice win last night. Yeah, it was that was actually pretty big for Wake. Virginia, you know, powering through, coming back, beating Michigan on the road. Uh, not not optimistic about tonight in the ACC Big Ten Challenge? No, six games tonight. Could get a little ugly. Yeah. And uh, NC State holding it down without an ACC Big Designated Ten Challenge. Designated survivor, yeah. <laughs> yes. Big win last night. Now, William and Mary last night. I think uh, Casey Morsell just hit another three, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, man, the Gottman lost to William and Mary on the day his contract ex- extension was announced in 17. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't take Bill and Mary lightly. It's a very good point. A very good point. But it's a Wednesday it's the slowest NFL news day, so that's when we break out some power rankings. Nobody else in the business does this. Not a soul knows how to power rank like we do. We give you our OG football power rankings. Jillio, <laughs> number four on your power rankings. Matt Canada. Oh, He finally found somebody he could outsmart. They had to find a coach who was working in the studio. But they found one. <laughs> Matt Canada leading the Pittsburgh Steelers to an amazing seven-point win over the Indianapolis Colts. It's funny you mentioned that at number four. That game is is referenced in my number four in the power rankings, but not for anything that happened between the Steelers and the Colts, individuals, coaches, whatever. We, us, football fans, we are number four in the football power rankings. Why? Well, because Jeff Saturday gave us exactly what we love as football fans, clock management errors. When Mike McCarthy does it with the Dallas Cowboys, we do the same thing, clock management errors. Has Andy Reid fumbled the bag in a crucial moment? Clock management errors. So what does that allow for us to do? The schlub watching at home? How do you not know that super millionaire NFL coach? How do you not know basic clock management? You look there. How many timeouts do you have? I can figure this out. Why can't you figure it out, Mr. Football? We get such a power trip from clock management mangling. So we are number four in the OG football power rankings. What's your number three? Handsome James Garoppolo. Jimmy G, in everyone's favorite stat, is now 37 and 17 as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I like it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Number three on my completely original, nobody's ever done this before, football power rankings. It actually goes to Nick Wright of Fox Sports. Nick Wright, I commend him. Nick Wright has found an ability to kind of like become this spokesperson for his favorite athletes, right? Okay. So like he'll do this for LeBron and Michael Jordan. He's a big LeBron guy. In the NFL, he does this for Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. And my dude is feasting on Josh Allen mistakes so far this regular season. Now, I know Vegas still has the Buffalo Bills as a favorite uh, to at least get to the Super Bowl. No idea why. But great point. Maybe the maybe they're still drunk at the tailgate in yeah. Buffalo, uh, and they haven't been able to get up from their flaming, broken card table to change their pick or pull out or whatever it is. 
But I give I give Nick credit because he's ultimately kind of been proven right about Josh Allen in that let's not take one year where it all came together as some sort of benchmark going forward. It could have just been an anomaly, and now he's reverting back to the mean, that he's a mistake-prone QB, where he's an MVP between the 20-yard lines, but the minute you get into the red zone, Josh Allen is a liability. You know who's not been a liability in the red zone more often than not? Patrick Mahomes. That's not to say that the Bills can't still win football games because Josh Allen is still that dude at times. But you take the good with the bad. So props to Nick Wright, who's been calling that one out for a while. Who's your number three? My number two is Jalen Hurts. Let's think about this. He was benched in the national championship game, loses his job at Alabama, ends up at Oklahoma, and you're thinking, this guy, he's never going to play in the NFL. Not a first-round pick in Philly. Ends up winning the job. Ends up having one coach lose his job. And now, you know what, Joe? Looks like the best quarterback in the NFC right now to me. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I like it. I like it. Number two in my football power rankings. Yet another former player who's been given a head coaching job. Trent Dilfer, ladies and gentlemen. Trent Dilfer. Look, it looks like he's actually going to be the next head coach at UAB. Dilfer has no college head coaching experience, no NFL head coaching experience, and he's going to be the next head coach at UAB, apparently. This follows in the footsteps of Jeff Saturday, who's the interim coach with the Indianapolis Colts. His highest level of coaching experience is high school. But I know why Trent Dilfer got the game, why he's going to be the UAB coach. I bet you a booster was on the Internet one day and saw Trent Dilfer on the Monday night countdown set, and he said, you cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. He said that one time. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. So I bet you he's going to go to his players at UAB and say, you cannot win college football games and still win. And the, and the players will be like, damn, you're right. Let's go win a football game. All right, what's your number one on the football power rankings? My number one. A. Aaron Rodgers, broken bone in his thumb, his ribs are all busted up, the Packers are in the tank. He could have easily said, you know what, I'm good, yeah. we'll check out now. But no, he's carrying on just in time to fulfill my prophecy for them to lose to the Bears and their eighth string quarterback so we can truly shovel dirt on A. Aaron Rodgers. My number one on the OG football power rankings goes to Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. Hmm. David Tepper made the mistake of giving Matt Rule a guaranteed, a fully guaranteed contract. What, seven years fully guaranteed to be the head 62 coach million. of the Carolina Panthers. So when he fired him five games in the season, hey, man, money's mine. Appreciate you. But you pointed this out earlier in the week, Joe. Rich guys stay rich because they know – Yeah. That they don't always have to pay for stuff. You and I, we're just some schlubs who we'd keep be, paying for stuff. We'd be fretting that 36 mil we like, owed somebody. Cra- like, you, you talked about me getting a new car finally. Like, I am sweating bullets how I'm going to make that work. Right? Regardless, I'm not David Tepper. Who could have Nebraska come in and offset the cost with their 90% guaranteed contract Go that they red. just gave Matt Rule. So, just a reminder. The reason why rich dudes are rich... It's because they usually get somebody else to pay off their mistakes. What an amazing, amazing thing. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, you can check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, Just look up 99.9 The Fan. Uh, You can watch us drop truth bombs on Matt Rule. 
in uh, in a little bit, I'm sure, in various other segments as well. We'll check in with West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. We got a championship game on Saturday between the Tar Heels and North Carolina. Between the Tar Heels and the Clemson Tigers. The college football playoff rankings came out yesterday, and there's an intriguing scenario where yet again a team can do absolutely nothing and find themselves in the playoffs if things go the right the right way. If you don't get this entire conversation with Wes Durham of the ACC Network and ESPN, you can catch it on YouTube. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Later today, Wes, what up, man? How you guys doing? Good I got, to see you on a Wednesday. I got a new eBay purchase you can see on the screen. <laughs> oh, pop your thing from, down from, so from we can the, see. From the 80s here. It's an old uh, an old ACC basketball tournament. i got to put this thing all down. Basketball at its best, Wes. Oh, Very excited about this because I'll be going oh. to Cameron Indoor Stadium tonight to, to go watch Ohio State and Duke, ACC Big Ten Challenge. The yeah. last, the last of the ACC Big Ten Challenges. Yeah. TV getting in the way, man. No Fox Poor. deal. Pour mm-hmm. one out for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Jillio. We've come to the end. What, 23 years of the Cue ACC the Big Ten Challenge? 24. 24. 24. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll get an ACC SEC Challenge um, in the future. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, – I joked with somebody today, I can't wait to see Duke at the hump in Starkville against Mississippi State <laughs> on a Tuesday night. <laughs> They're going to quickly ask, hey, can uh, both Carolina and Duke play Kentucky, please? Yeah, you know what? They're, don't forget now. Don't forget the Texas Oklahoma integers in this algebra. We're yeah, gonna write. that's true. That's true. Um, I uh, get the Rick I Barnes guess, Invitational at uh, the Smith ah, Center. How about the How about the uh, Clemson Tennessee game? Mm. See the uh, See the PDF Pantone colors of orange. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's going to be good. I, I think that I, I have an issue with the December part of this problem. Okay, I, I think this is. In all honesty, I think the SEC Big 12 got it right, and I think it needs to be a February, late January post-Super Bowl event, for lack of a better term. But, you know, it is what it is to start, and we'll see where it goes. Hey, look, everything's flexible at this point. Everything's fluid. And if the revenue is right, we'll play it when you want to play it, right? Yeah, yeah that's what, ultimately what it comes down to, uh, it being the revenue. So we got mm. bef- before we get to football, sure, uh, we got Carolina and Duke in action tonight. Ohio State yep. at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Tar Heels going up to Indiana. Uh, both teams are curious cases, but not for the same reasons, right? right. I, I think with Duke, we'll start with Duke. We don't right. know what this Duke team is. You know, injuries, as Julio has pointed out, has mm-hmm. uh, has kind of short circuited the start of this team. Uh, we'll, yep. It'll be a com- if everybody gets healthy, it'll be a completely different group by the time January rolls around. Yeah, Carolina, they have the known parts, but it looks like Hubert Davis is trying to get the parts to work together again, like they did mm-hmm. at the end of last season. A lot of it is related to the shot selection that we're seeing right now from Caleb Love, specifically R.J. Davis thrown in there as well. So you sure. want to start with Tar Heels here or the or the Blue Devils? Well, I, I've seen Carolina. I'll see Duke Saturday against Boston College. And obviously I'll watch tonight because I'm like everybody else. I want to see the chemistry project that John Shire has to mix, right? Yeah. 
I think the other part we have to remember in this, and this is not from a conversation with, with Coach Davis or with anybody else in particular, it's a common theme that we're hearing as we move through the early stages of basketball season in that coaches are talking about every year now being different mm -hmm. because your your rosters are turbulent, right? I mean, you know, I had Clemson last night who brings back a handful of guys that you're familiar with, but at the same time, too, they're integrating guys maybe that play bigger roles and things like that. And while we often perceive in college basketball, like Virginia or in the case of Notre Dame the last couple of years, the older teams, the better teams, I think even the teams that bring back three and four starters still have some growing to do about certain disciplines on the floor. For Carolina, I not only think it's shot selection, Joe, I'll throw rebounding in there. Okay. Carolina's got to be a better rebounding team. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, and I think – um, it, it's keeping an eye on Armando Baycott and where is he, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there was some speculation that he didn't look 100% early on this season. Sure. And then we come to find out after a four-overtime, I don't want to call it a thriller, um, but it was certainly a game uh, with mm -hmm. Alabama. He's talking about extreme ankle pain, but he, apparently he's going to be good to go tonight. If Armando's not 100% to do exactly what he's really good at, then yes, those rebounding numbers are not going to look so pretty. Yeah, true, and I think also we have to remember that Pete Nance is not Brady Manick in the Carolina file either, right? Um, and you're bringing Seth Trimble off the bench. You're trying to play Tyler Nickel a little bit. I would equate it to the same learning curve that's going on at NC State where you have, what, two or three guys from a year ago. Uh, Terquavion obviously is the, is the guy that's playing the most minutes there. Uh, but at the same time, you're putting Jarquel Joyner in the mix. You're putting these other cats in the mix. And, and you just lost Julio. Why'd I lose Gilio? I mean, they're all going through this whole deal where they're trying to find out about each other because the rosters are so daggone flammable in the offseason again. It's a very broad brush. Um, <laughs> Joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's got four of their main parts back from a team that lost in the national championship. NC State had the That's worst two. record in school history. Right. As one player back. Yeah. I guess we can't count Casey Marcel, I guess, but um, I mean, but tell me that tell me that this whole turbulent piece with the transfer portal and all this other grad stuff, it's impacting rosters year to year. I course. mean, when I when I talked to Leonard Hamilton a week ago, it was like he was telling me there's a whole new team out there for him, and he had three starters back, right, um, including the sixth man of the year, Matthew Cleveland. It's just interesting to listen to these coaches talk about the, the different dynamic they now have compared to what they have, you know, four years ago, I guess. It is different. And I think in Duke's case, we're talking about health, right? Tariq Whitehead, Derek Lively, mm -hmm. top two players in the class. We haven't – I mean, we've Lively, we've seen a little bit more of Whitehead. We're getting more and more glimpses of. And, and you know, for Duke's, Duke's case and specifically, it's November. Right. I mean, they have some time to figure it out. And, and again, I wouldn't panic if I was Carolina either. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, Wes, I do think there is a difference between having four guys back of that. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, I'm not I'm not galvanizing, but I'm saying yeah, everybody's yeah. got some degree no, you do of transition they're having to go. Through. You have to yeah. figure it out. And unfortunately for the league, Carolina and Duke losing the games that they did is going to hurt the league because I don't see teams picking off random Tuesday nights in, in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. I see Virginia being 18-2 and two at worst in the league. And you got to remember, Carolina didn't get in last year until they beat Duke. And, right. and Duke had the wins out of the league that mattered. Wake Forest was punished or not rewarded. Same thing. 
for beating Carolina because Carolina didn't beat anybody out of the league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, I look at the start of the season for the ACC, and they should be worried. And I hear you Absolutely. about the transition, and I hear you about Florida. Florida State's a big problem right now. Louisville, fine. There's a reset button going on there. You know, State can put themselves on the bubble. Wake Forest can put themselves on the bubble. But biggest at problem, some point, you got to pick teams off. The, the biggest yep. problem for the ACC right now is not repeating what happened last year where the teams that are bad right now and creating this baseline that's got, like, the ACC sixth in Ken Palm. Right. Knocking off the teams that they right. shouldn't. Like Syracuse Those being teams, bad yeah. has to stay bad in the ACC. Otherwise, it's really going to start screwing stuff up. Florida State might be the trickiest one of the group because I know they're supposed to get one of their top guys back after suspension. But Well, it's 16 games in before the legendary Baba Miller shows up. Okay, and I watched Baba Miller practice and work out last week when I was down there. And, I mean, he's a nice player. He's a 6'11 kid who's clearly gifted on the perimeter, but I'm not sure Baba Miller's going to make a five-win difference in the ACC, and that may be what it takes for Florida State. here. Maybe. And you're right about – let me tell you this. You're exactly right about where Syracuse and Louisville are. And, you know, what Pitt did to Northwestern the other night's fine, but, you know, Pitt's got some losses that they'd like to cash back, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's this is going to be a four, five, six Gilio discussion. At the end of the year, yeah, maybe? It, it's not good. It's not good. Let's go to a better. No, and it's <laughs> it's not good. And the and here's the other part too. Where's it going to get better? And that's the problem we saw last year. It, it's hard to get those to get the traction back after the the numbers yeah. are set in stone. West Durham ACC Network ESPN joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, like he always does uh, on uh, on a Wednesday throughout the season. So, are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. The National Sports Media Association nominations for uh, writers and broadcasters of the year, the nominations have come out. Yes. And uh, the nominations for the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year include some names that you would typically uh, you would know. Adam Witten, App State. I mean, hell, he's had a he had a great September, right? I mean, my goodness. Uh, yeah. With uh, with Anish Shroff, uh, your colleague over at ESPN, Panthers sure. Radio Network. Right. Uh, Dave Shoemate over at Duke. Yeah. Jones Angel, Tar Heel Sports Radio Network. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Our guy Mike Maniscalco, Kane's Play by Play. Mike Salarte yeah. used to work with Mike over at Eight Fifty The Buzz back in the day. He's with Spectrum News One. And what do I see here? Is that a Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, WRAL-TV, Raleigh. Joe Giglio, ladies and gentlemen, nominated for North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year. Let's go, Giglio. That must have been a write-in vote. Why do you think that's a write-in vote? Clearly. You've done, what do you mean? What do you mean? You've clearly you done mean? some excellent work as you've transitioned as into board the broadcast chair, As board chair of the National Sports Media Association, let me first of all congratulate Thank you, you on being a nominee for the Old North State the home state of the organization, said organization, mm-hmm. and wish you all the best when the balloting goes out. 
Well, they got the wrong Joe from this program. No, so. no. I, I am prepared to uh, put on a suit in July. The, the event's in July, right? Late June. It's late, late June. June. Is national national conference and awards weekend. Yes, yeah. yes. I've I've had I had a great time. Uh, I think it was back in 2019. Yeah. I did a uh, I did a presentation with Lauren Brownlow and Caroline yeah. Darning on podcasting. That was a lot of fun. The most fascinating part of that that trip though was sitting in on Doc Emmerich's little seminar talking about Amazing. play by. I mean, all the play by play people were out asking them questions. It was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, we had the same thing last year at the event. Shameless mm-hmm. plug for NSMA here. Uh, we had the same thing happen last year with Ernie Johnson. Oh, awesome. Ernie Johnson mm. came in, did a room. It was unbelievable. And the one-day consortium is now two days. Mm-hmm. So those of you that want to get into the business, uh, you're interested in the business, you're in the business, you're a college student, whatever the case may be, hope you'll go to NSMA, nationalsportsmedia.org, and uh, register to become a member and join us at the Awards Weekend and National Conference in late June in the Twin Cities Metroplex. I will be there uh, at the 99.9 The Fan Table as Jillio receives his award for the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year. You can join Adam Gold. That's right. Who has been named our colleague, a, our, our colleague here at 99.9 The Fan. He's been yeah. named a, a, the Sportscaster of the Year. All right, Wes. Yeah. Speaking of awards, the All-ACSC Awards. Mm-hmm. Did you vote? I think you I did. did. Yeah, you did? I did. Yeah, I voted. All yeah, right. Absolutely. We found somebody. So uh, we, found, you, we found an unaffiliated you, uh, voter. We found some. We found an unaffiliated voter. Where, where'd you put Drake Thomas? Uh, let me see. Let me pull up my ballot because people got people guy. got mad about that. People got mad about Drake Thomas. Uh, being on the second Drake team. Thomas was my defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. I voted go. Drake Thomas ahead of Kalijah Cansey. Uh, if you need to know about the position breakdown, let me see. Grant Gibson was my first team center. Um. Chandler Zavala was my third guard. Um, are we talking about NC State? Corey Durden was my number two tackle. Okay. Uh, Corey Durden had a great year. Drake Thomas and Servasier Dennis were my number one and two linebackers, but I thought Thomas was the defensive player of the year. His numbers and what he did for that defense to me. And by the way, the fired-up Wolfpack Nation can join the fired-up Louisville Nation. In what, they in what you, sense? They thought Yusir Abdullah should oh, have been the defensive defense. player of the year. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Well, it was weird. It's a weird vote, and I was trying to explain like how the panel works yesterday, Wes. Because Drake May wasn't unanimous. That doesn't make any sense. Chris Dunn wasn't unanimous. That doesn't make any sense. I, I can't. I can't speak to the panel composition at this yeah. point because I'm not familiar outside of. And I I used to kind of play some role in this, and I got away from it, and I'm. I'm better off with it being a panel than an open ballot. No, no, no. I prefer the panel. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, but I'm but, not sure who the panel is in every market is what I'm right. at. I just don't know if you watched games, if you didn't think Drake May was the best quarterback in the ACC. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm and and the same with Chris Dunn. And I get it. I do think there are some politics involved at linebacker. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Maybe you put your guy on the first team, and then maybe you say, you know what? I'm going to put the other guy on the second team. Yeah. Well, I all I'm going to tell you is, Christopher Dunn's going to win the Lou Groza Award. That'd be great. Their second and one. When he, and when he wins the Lou Groza Award, those that didn't vote Christopher Dunn may have an issue. So they, you got to be kidding me. He's the nation's best kicker. Right. It's no different than Andre Schmidt a couple of years ago. Sure. It was no different than when, um, you know, we've had Ray Guy Award winners in this league. We've had individual honors on the skill side, too. But, I mean, Jordan Addison, Bolitnikoff last year was easy. Christopher Dunn is easy. For Groza, so 
so I see where uh, I see where Drake May has been named the ACC Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year. I just saw yeah. that. Okay, we're, okay, yeah. we're good at that. We're good on that. Now, yeah. to the actual fact that they're playing on Saturday against Clemson. Sure. Um, I look. There are football reasons why you might like Clemson over Carolina. There are football mm-hmm. reasons why you might like Carolina over Clemson. And you know, Drake sure. May and Josh Downs, if they're especially Josh Downs being one hundred percent, gives you a chance. I am curious about the vibes, though. You know I love vibes, Wes. I'm curious about the vibes for Clemson. Right. Because we're yet again playing an ACC conference championship game where there are no college football playoff implications. Typically, when Clemson's in this situation, there are implications for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the crowd's going to look like for a Clemson squad that's not going for. you know, Another conference title is not a thing that Clemson fans are going to get too worked up about anymore. They're probably disappointed and more focused on what Dabo's going to do in the offseason with the portal and everything else, and they are what's going to happen on Saturday. So I I feel like this is an opportunity to catch Clemson, the most SEC of ACC teams, in a classic SEC bowl game moment. If it's not the one they want to be in, maybe they might not be so motivated and you can catch them. I don't know if I'm off base on that, but I do feel like that might be a storyline on Saturday. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm probably the guy that three weeks ago thought that Clemson didn't want any part of Carolina, and now I'm not sure that Carolina wants any part of Clemson. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, I can see that too. I can see that too. I I don't I don't understand, and since I'm not working the game, I haven't you know forgive me for not being entwined into the some of the commentary this week from the coaches. Right, um, Clemson has an issue that Clemson will have to address this week, next week, whatever. I mean, this is eerily similar to Clemson's inability to run the ball the last couple of years, and they had to fix it this year, and they did to a degree. But they're they're going to have to fix the back end defensively and obviously the flatlining or inconsistencies of the quarterback play. Um, and if that's a personnel change, fine. If that's a coordinator change, whatever it takes. Um, I didn't like the matchup for Clemson three weeks ago because I don't like Clemson's secondary. I just don't think they've played very well. I think their front seven is very good. The reason that I flipped is because Carolina has been pressured the last two weeks in the run game by both Georgia Tech and NC State. NC State is understandable. Georgia Tech was a little surprising. And when they got pressured in the run game, it then forced Carolina to get out of their rhythm in terms of what they do offensively. And I'm not sure Carolina handled that very well. Well, the one thing I do know about Clemson is they will absolutely get after you in the front seven, mm-hmm. and they're more than equipped to do it. And I think that's a real issue for Carolina. The other thing, too, is is that I thought Carolina's defense was kind of, you know, settling in, if you will, to be that okay group, not a great group, but sure. an okay group. And the last two weeks, what I've seen is, is Carolina's potentially fallen back to being that get-right defense. That means they're the defense you want to see when you want to get right. And I'm not so sure that if they can't get it back Saturday night, that Clemson just won't line up in 22 personnel and run it at them because that, that seemed to work for Clemson. And it seemed to work for a lot of people when it's come to Carolina the last couple of weeks. But you make a good point about DJ Uwe Ungalua and Clemson's quarterback. Clemson needs more better players. Clemson is one of, and, and it's not an Uwe Ungalale exclusivity. Either. No, it's and not. That's the other That's the other part about this, and you know what I mean by this, Gilio. Clemson is one of about four schools in the ACC that can't get vertical on anybody right, right. now. Right. No, they that's need more big, better players. Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh doesn't have any verticality. Uh, 
Clemson has no verticality. Virginia Tech doesn't have any verticality. I mean, the list is – I mean, Duke's got more verticality in the throw game right now. Wake Forest has far more verticality in the throw game than those schools I just mentioned. And I, it's a scary thing, to be honest with you, because it was what Clemson's calling card was, that, you know, T. Higgins group, I mean, you know, they were going up and down the field on you, and it was allowing ETN to eat and all this other stuff, and that just does not happen anymore for those guys. Wes Durham, ACC Network, joining us here on the OG. We'll close on this. This is something that we've been talking about, how this offseason is going to go. Like, for instance, Mac Brown on his coach's radio show talked about essentially tampering. Uh, that with the mm. portal and agents yeah. and sure. look, they got I'm sure they got guys that I'm sure that some other schools would love to bring on. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's a concern for somebody like Mac Brown, obviously, and he's not alone. There's other schools here in that regard. Are we Riley, equipped? Riley Leonard at Duke. Yeah, Riley Leonard at Duke would be another one. Are we I mean, equipped? Come on. Are we he is a, so good? <laughs> are we equipped to to discuss? how this offseason is going to go because Julio's likened no. it to basketball but basketball is easy because it's one guy or two guys we're talking no. about some huge seismic changes that can occur this particular offseason because of the well, money Joe's connected like I mean I, I am connected to some guys and Julio certainly is connected to coaches and I don't know Joe if you've heard this from the same people you talk to this thing next week is going to be like wildfire yeah and I'm not sure that the common fan is really ready to understand what's going to transpire in FBS football next week. I mean, it's like, you know, you're hearing now, well, such and such is going in the portal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is it Tuesday at noon, Joe? Is that right? <laughs> I think it's Tuesday noon where the portal opens, right? And at Tuesday at noon, it becomes like free market. It's going to be scary because yeah, – like July 31st in, in hockey, right? Yes. I mean, it's like the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It's like free agency in the NFL, you know, where you, the guy shows up in the car at 12.01 in the morning and, <laughs> you know, hey, here's the deal. Um, and there's going to be a lot of things that transpire here that are frightening, to be honest with you. And some teams that – I mean, I don't know how many teams are going to be dramatically impacted, but I'm going to guess they're going to be one or two. Because, look, I, I mean, I've said this to some people. If I were a transfer portal wide receiver and Carolina was interested in me next year, I'd be interested. Absolutely. 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 And I'd be interested if if I kind of knew where, you know, I thought it was interesting. Dave Dorn, I think I read it. Did I read right? MJ Morris and um, Ben, ben Finley. Finley. He expects yeah. to be part of the program. He's not, He was unclear about Devin Leary. Is mm-hmm. that what he said? That's what he I said. I want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean Devin Leary's going in the portal? Does that mean Devin Leary's going to try and go to the draft off a torn pec muscle, I guess? I mean, that's a frightening thought too. But then all of a sudden, if I'm an NC State guy and I've seen MJ Morris spin it, or I'm a guy transfer portal guy, look at Antoine Wells of South Carolina who put a buck whatever on, on Clemson last week. Right. He was at James Madison in the FCS semifinals in Fargo, North Dakota last year. And 10 days later, after that game was over, he was in Columbia, South Carolina, after telling Kurt Signetti he wasn't going in the portal. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. I guess, no, I'm not going to see you in Charlotte, am I? Uh, Roddy Jones and I, by the way, are hosting the ACC Honors event tomorrow night. Very nice. Or Friday night, Friday night, which will so be will replayed and shown next week. Okay. But I'm actually leaving when that event is over. I've got Boston College at Duke on Saturday afternoon at Cameron Indoor State. So, Gilio and I are going to be at the Fan Fest on Friday from 3 until 7. I will not be at the Fan Fest from 3 till 7. And then we're going to be broadcasting from there noon to 2 on uh, on Saturday. 
ahead, okay. of, ahead of the game. So I can, I can count you out. I would be unavailable at that point. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. We'll see you in Greensboro for SWAC scoreboards, though. I don't know about that yet, either. It's tradition, Wes. I know. Tradition. Respect the tradition. All right, man. We'll Maybe, talk to you later. Who knows? Maybe I'll do some radio. Maybe I'll do some TV. I just, you know, they, they point and shoot, and I just go. <laughs> Relatable. All right, man. See I'll talk guys. to you later. Take care. Be well. Have a good week. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. Finalist for Sportscaster of the Year in the NSMA. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.